Oh, yes. Pale blood. <laughs> well, you've come to the right place. Yarnum is the home of blood ministration. You need only unravel its mystery. But where's an outsider like yourself to begin? Easy, with a bit of yarn and blood of your own. But first, you'll need a contract. Welcome to Wide Flank. Hello and welcome to another episode of Wide Flank. Uh, this week, we played Bloodborne. Just kidding, we played it for a, a lot longer than that. Um, but everyone was uh, really active uh in the uh, game club chat this this month though uh glad we glad we picked a an all-time great uh Danny and I had played this one before um but Alon hadn't uh but I think we got a couple people replaying it and uh Dave shared his old character models so thanks thanks for doing that um so yeah we we I played this a lot this time around and I, I think I, I played it like this is my fourth time so we've played this game a lot and we're gonna have we're gonna have a good discussion because Alon you know would you say you love this game it's the greatest game of all time possibly pretty close to the opposite of that for me okay great yeah. love it love it yeah um and I'm also here with Danny, who, what do you think, Danny? Greatest game of all time? It's good. It's freaking good. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Is it better um, than Doom 2016? You know, that only time. Yeah, that's, that's the only question. So, well, we got a bunch of good questions for this episode. Uh, um, we're, we're probably going to talk about some Soulsborne, like the entire series as a whole. But I, th I think just a good place to start is like, I think the classic... Um, Bloodborne comes. Well, Danny, do you want to explain the game series, and we could? Yeah, I was gonna say we gotta do the we gotta do the Danny Wikipedia paragraph or whatever. Yeah, Bloodborne. Right. Bloodborne is a 2015 action role playing game developed by From Software and published by Sony Computer Entertainment. Um, it's a PlayStation exclusive, and it is in the series. Not it's not a sequel, but it's in the Dark Souls, Soulsborne, From Software series which is kind of a genre kind of a game series kind of a uh i guess yeah it's, it's really a, become a genre soulsborne has become a genre of um rpg games it sees the player uh in like th a third person almost always like a third person combat game um and it uh, is a place. I think I already said it said it was a PlayStation exclusive, right? But um, it takes place in a like gothic Victorian uh, eldritch horror <laughs> uh, Lovecraftian world. Um, so, so only very cool people will know what this was game was about. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, all these games are kind of are very well known for having like a really immersive setting, but not for having a very clear or. Um, like decisive story so you fill in a lot of the gaps in the story yourself there's a lot of kind of self-imagination and you learn a lot from just item descriptions and little notes here and there but it's not like these aren't really just a, you follow this plot and know all the characters and know exactly what's going on there's this um especially with this game there's this spookiness this lovecraftian aura surrounding the game 
Yeah, the, the game is not open world, but it does have like branching pathways. Uh, these all these games do that you sort of I would say the modern Metroidvania type yeah, game, yeah. where uh, you are exploring it basically in 3D. You're exploring a world. Certain paths are blocked to you based on if you do you have these abilities or keys. Um, all right, Danny said it's a third person game, and I, I would say the hallmark of a Soulsborne is does your currency if you die do you drop it and if you die again do you lose it and i think if that is the characteristic of your game people will call the souls born even if nothing else is the same <laughs> i uh, didn't know that okay i don't know if that's the best like most important thing about them but i think like everyone will be like oh it's a souls like if that's the case um and De- so this the first game was Demon Souls, then Dark Souls, then Dark Souls 2, and then we have Bloodborne. And Bloodborne uh, was a departure from, I would say, the earlier games, which are very, very clunky, and the combat is, like, not fast, smooth. It just feels kind of bad to, like, move around. Um, and Bloodborne was, like... Uh, where everyone said Miyazaki took the game forward and made it fast. So I kind of want to, maybe we could address that first, the combat in this game being fast. What do you guys, what do you guys think? I was very surprised. I was very surprised that this was part of every single review of the game that I saw was super fast, super aggressive combat. And I found it to be very slow, very boring the whole way through. So I don't know when that happens. I'm 30 hours into the game, but maybe I just haven't unlocked it yet. Did you kill Did you kill uh, Ga- Father Gascon yet? Oh, yeah. 20 oh, hours okay. ago. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, yeah, compared to Doom, this is not a fast game, obviously. It is a, but you... Yeah, if you've played if you played those other games, it is like a totally different, totally totally different world. I mean, Sekiro is even faster, I think. Um, but uh, Sekiro is the next game, or is there? They came out with Dark Souls three after Bloodborne, oh, okay. and then I guess the next one was Sekiro. Must mm. be. Yeah. So, um, I don't think it's fast either. Uh, it is. I think we I think we might have talked about this previously, but I think we discussed this described the combat as sort of fluid. Um and your character is very fluid. Like I feel like the cape is like liquid almost on your yeah. back and everything. Um but combat is like really about a for most fights is like about a couple key moments. It's and it's about setting those up. It's about do you get your shot off to introduce like a parry? at the right time and do you attack if you've been attacked um and i would say like the combat's very precise in that way but it's not fast right like what you're saying danny i think like doom is the perfect example of like a fast fluid game um but this game like you, you there are like big enemies where you're just like spacing the whole time and you're just opening up for one solid uh, shot to unlock a visceral attack to kill them in one hit and i think that's like intense 
and you're on your toes the whole time and maybe fast in terms of like movement or spacing a little bit, but you're, you're not like in a, in really intense fight slashing the whole time. Um, it's not like fast combat in that way. And yeah, I think for, in, in terms of the series, maybe it is, but yeah, it's just not, I just don't think quite right, the quite right way to describe it. Yeah, that, there's a couple times, like the, the Shadows of Yarnum, I think they're called, when you fight the three bosses at once, right? Like, that felt fast. There are moments where even slow-paced combat feels fast, but I think it's less fast and more what you were saying, Teddy, which is intense. Because it feels like you're, like, locked in and you have to hit roll at that perfect time and then, like, hit your, you know, attack at that perfect time. But it's still like it's patience is really like the number one thing, I think, in this game. And like, you know, I'm new to this whole series. So I, I just kept dying over and over again at the beginning because I would just like go in and try and kill people. And then I would be like, my attacks don't work anymore. I can't roll anymore because there's a stamina bar, which is just basically a hard cap saying like, this can't be a fast game. Like, I will not let this be a fast game because you literally can't do anything when you're out of stamina so right like yeah, i was going to say yeah. importantly that like you can't roll when you're out of stamina and you can't even attack so <clears throat> yeah especially early game you've got like three things then you kind of have to reset yeah it's very much in and out type of thing and like i mean that that was definitely like a, you know i i described it as boring i like the bosses for me pretty much all went the same way after Gascoigne, which was like my introduce, introduction to like fighting a hunter. But after him, it was like basically like get obliterated by a boss. The second time, like maybe beat it, probably not take damage, but deal some damage. And the third time, I almost always perfected it. I was like, oh, this is just like really stupid and easy. I just have to wait for that move, then go hit them. And then he's going to do the other move. And then I go hit them and it, that's the part to me that felt boring. It was like, I want to be irresponsible. Like, I want to let loose. Like, I, it's part of the pleasure for me is like, of games, you know? It's like, I can fucking do crazy shit. And you're just not allowed. You're, you're just not allowed. You can't just be like, no, this time I'm just going to keep hitting them. Because then you just get one shot. And then you're just like, oh, and then you run out of stamina and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you, yeah, so you, you're saying like you want a, like you want the combat to, I just feel like if it allowed you to be crazy and what what is like the perfect example of this doom allows you to be crazy because like it encourages healing or picking up resources based on being crazy and therefore it tolerates mistakes. Right. I I mean, I wish I had better examples than Doom. I mean, even like Mega Man, mm -hmm. right? Like you can like dash, 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 go fucking wild in a boss fight, dodging, going in, playing as risky as you want. And you don't just get like insta death if you do that, right? Like you can play as crazy as you want to in that game. And if you're skilled enough, it's okay. But that doesn't really exist in this game. Like I watch even like speed runs and stuff and they're very methodical in every fight. They're like, no, wait for this. Then this will stagger them. Then I get a visceral attack, then back off, then go in, you know? And it's like, you can't even do it fast if you want to do it fast, which is again, why I found it 
so surprising that everyone's like, this is a super fast, aggressive, like, uh, blah, 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 game. And maybe some of that's the re- regen or regain mechanic, I think, is is new, right, to this game from Dark Souls. So, you know, maybe people are speaking on that a bit. Right, yeah. So, do, do, did we talk about that? Like, I don't in, think so. Uh, yeah, so if you take damage in this game, your health bar goes down, but there's a segment of your health bar that lights that's li- where your health was and if you t- attack people specifically such that the blood rains down on you it doesn't actually matter <laughs> but you do get covered in their blood and every attack heals an amount of health and actually i think if you hit more than one enemy it heals you more um so it does encourage you like to a if you get hit um it's okay because you can heal and be, if you get hit, you actually should continue to attack. Reaggress. Yeah. Re basically, or to tolerate an attack so that you can keep going. And, um, right. Again, I, I wouldn't say that that's fast, right. I would say that's aggressive or it's about pushing, pushing through disadvantage or something. And, um, you're absolutely right that it's not, it is, uh, slow like i would say you know it is the fights can be boring in that sense yeah. of you methodical i might say more like complimentary <laughs> thing to say about the boss fights Tactical. But it's a, yeah it's about learning the patterns it's about knowing when you can go in when you can when to stay out and i think like you can obviously perfect every boss and not take any damage and yeah. it, by doing it completely methodically but you can also like play with that on the edges and like go in a little bit when maybe when you shouldn't and do do extra damage or you'll pay the price um but still it's like not i wouldn't quite say it's fast <laughs> well it's funny cuz i feel like one of the weaker rpg elements <clears throat> or i guess better way to say it would be the rpg aspect of the game feels a little underdeveloped because even though there are a variety of weapons and a variety of stats that you can choose to level the gameplay doesn't change that much between them. You're still, every boss fight is about timing. It's about being methodical and patient. Fights with grunts who are high level is about being patient. Um, it's about learning through failure. And like I just did a, my first playthrough I ever did was a skill playthrough, you know, almost all with a threaded cane. Then my second playthrough was uh, Blood Tinge. And then my third playthrough was Arcane. And there were subtle differences, and I had, like, pa- where I, my power spikes throughout the game was different. Like, my an arcane and blood tinge is once I got those weapons later, just absolutely destroyed. But um, the, I don't, like, very few of the fights, it didn't feel like I was playing the game particularly differently. Um, and so they have these mechanics in the game, you know, like the re- the regain system that, that force you to play the way they want you to play it. Um, which I really, I mean, I really enjoy the combat, but I have no illusions about it being a, uh, it's not like, even though you can have Kirkhammer Kirk or Threaded Cane, it's not like play Bloodborne how you want to play Bloodborne, you know? Yeah, I, w- I was, I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to ask you guys about that because after 10-ish hours and I had already like put some points into you know, attack a strength and stuff like that. I was wondering, 
And I did some Googling about like different builds and everyone basically said that. They're like, no, all the weapons are basically the same and you have to melee no matter what and everything's basically the same and never put points in this, this, and this because they don't do anything. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, so I was definitely going to ask about that. But I did want to say also about the regain is that like, I love the regain mechanic. And I think in the first sort of... I don't know, levels the wrong word because everything's connected. But in old in central Yarnum, like the main part of the city where you start the game, I think it's really good because at least for me, I'm learning how to fight. Like I don't know about parrying, I don't know about anything, and like getting hit with something and then being able to be like, oh, I can kill this guy if I get three, you know, R ones off in time and and regain my health is really good, but. Very quickly, the regain mechanic is just like useless and they completely abandon it because enemies just do too much damage where you can't risk going back in because you're at 15% health because they hit you with their one thing. Or they're going to combo you to death like the snakes or something like that and they're just going to keep hitting you and poison you and you'll just die that way. So you have to back out and heal, which feels like how Dark Souls and Demon Souls were, even though they tried to make this game differently, I still was like, after 10 hours or something, I was like, oh yeah, now, that's just what I do now. Like, the regain, like, almost doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, it's interesting, because the, uh, I've, I've definitely experienced that just finishing the game, the last quarter of it, just, yeah, I almost never am playing for regain, <clears throat> especially because my blood vial maximum is up, I'm more comfortable using them, Yeah, and you just can't, uh, yeah, it's either you're one hit away from dying or the health bar is so big that you have to refill that you'd have to land like eight hits in a row yeah. <laughs> before the time expires. And one way the game ups the challenge is you'll be introduced to a couple enemies on their own and then all of a sudden you'll enter a new area and you'll have 15 enemies in front of you. This happens in the in Central Yarnum, the, the opening area. Yeah. And it's like, how am I going to do this? But when you're in those group fights, the ability to regain, especially when there are ranged people behind or, you know, or there's a dog chasing you, you can't, uh, you can't really use it. So I agree. I, I hadn't really thought about it until you said it, but it's, you know, I've, I definitely experienced that. Um, also, I'm sorry, I have COVID. Uh, so <laughs> my voice is going to change throughout and get scratchy and get nasally, but, uh, I am, uh, so just apologies for that. All good, brother. Yeah. I, th I think, the the one thing I'll say for I th agree I think most of the time the the safest option is roll out and blood vial up. Um, I will say for like some of the later boss fights, I it was it's often a question of do I have enough blood vials to last this whole fight. Mm. Um, so in terms of like blood vial, uh, like stretching them out as long as possible, I will do um some regain attacks that way. Uh, and while it won't fill my health back up, it might fill my health up a quarter. And if you do that, you know, over the course of uh, the fight 10 times, right, that's that's four yeah. full health bars. Um, that's value. Yeah. And that's compound interest. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly, exactly. That's paying like, dividends. That, that that's paying like dividends. That <laughs> that's paying dividends. Yeah, especially, I mean, especially like the, you know, we'll get like the parrying, the whole parrying and visceral attack thing, which 
By the way, I would have never learned if you guys just didn't tell me exactly how to do it. I seriously don't think I ever would have gotten that. Because you have a I don't think gun. I knew about it when I first played either. Yeah, like, like we, I had no idea. We didn't mention that you have a gun, which is also really unique to this game as opposed to like the Dark Souls games, which does zero damage. It does like 10 damage. And even the most squishy basic enemies in the game have like 300 health. So that's just like to paint a picture of how useless it is. And bullets are a finite resource. So the entire point of having a gun in this game is just to time your shot for when they're about to fucking wreck you. And that stuns them. And then you get a really powerful, like unblockable attack, basically. So again, like I wish I knew about it without you guys just explicitly telling me exactly how to do it. But that's besides the point. But I was going to say for the regain, like that enemies that you could visceral attack, I do think the regain still worked late game, right? Because that's like, they can't do anything. I'm immune and I'm about to get a huge chunk. Again, the Shadows of Yarnum, I think, are a great example of like a boss fight really working for me because you're getting attacked by three guys at once, but you can go immune if you hit a visceral and regain all the health that you just lost from like getting hit by a fireball or something, you know? But yeah, again, like, you fight these humongous fucking animals, beasts, alien fucks that are like the size of a building. You can't like, I tried so many times to like <laughs> stun them and visceral them and parry them. It just does nothing. They just eat your ass. And like, so you, you can't do it against them. You just got to get out of there. Yeah, I, I think we're, there's like two separate types of combat, right? There's like, the player there's like the hunters humanoid yeah and even some beasts and then yeah there's like these giant bosses basically where the rules are essentially different than the rest Mm -hmm. of the game Mm -hmm. um and that's way more dark soulsy right yeah way more dark soulsy where basically the strategy is like get behind them and hit them in the legs um (laughs) Which has always been a Dark Souls thing. And, like, they always try and address it with every game. Like, the the enemies, the boss spins around, or the boss jumps up and turns around and lands on you. And they've kind of fixed it now, but it took took them a long time. And Dark Souls is no different. I mean, it's funny because... It is a really hard problem when these they're so huge <laughs> that you can't even you can't like the camera's all messed up like everything's huge so literally the only part of them that's like touching the ground is their feet <laughs> so that's I think where it stems from but yeah I, I enjoy that part of it yeah I think Dave said um, I don't have the exact qu- question here but he basically said like I don't really like fighting bosses in this game. Um, I usually summon people to help me. I like he doesn't care oh, about the boss yeah, fights. Yeah. Um, and I de- I really I both hate and love the boss fights. Like I dread them, but also <laughs> love beating them. And I love specifically what you don't like, Alon, right? Which is the like learning that attack pattern. Um, and like trying to basically figure out this sort of like 3D puzzle of like, you know, you could think about it maybe like a a bunch of blades swinging from the ceiling and in order to get across the walkway, you have to time it correctly or something. Indiana Jones shit Mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think in line maybe with Dave, like 
once I figure it out and or I just get really frustrated or something, I sometimes will just be like, okay, I'll summon somebody or like whatever. Um, but I do, I do really enjoy it. I love like the models. I'm like so excited to see what they do when they like show up on the screen, like what gross shit they have for these <laughs> enemies. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I've en- I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, Dave have- said, Dave said, I'm not a huge fan of the boss fights in these games. I'll often just summon in people, even on my first attempt. They're often an exercise in managing, managing your patience and dealing with the camera. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which yeah. I, I do kind of agree with, but what, what we didn't even mention like summoning. There is like an online aspect to this game. Um, Danny, you want to talk about that maybe? Yeah. Well, there's two, there's two aspects to summoning one you can summon ai hunters who will assist you um they're which this wasn't useful. this wasn't in the original release by the way oh i didn't know that yeah they added this like in a the medium. ai ones were yes yes yeah, but the co-op and invading was right yes correct yeah um so yeah so there's that and then there's the multiplayer aspect if you choose to play it online um where in certain areas you can after you get some items, you can summon other players to your game, and basically you play through that zone together. You can't run through the whole game together, like you you know once the fight is over, that co op person gets dismissed, but you can just rejoin. So it's not you know the game I don't think qualifies as a co op game, but it does have that aspect. And then there are sections of the game where there's a sinister bell ringing, and basically it means you're open to invasion. Uh, when you're in these areas by other people who are playing online so you can ring this bell uh, while you're or like you can you can basically just be in these zones waiting for another player to come in you'll teleport into their world they get notified that that you're there you're given the name and like the information on the target and you can try to kill them and you get blood echoes essentially the in-game currency the souls of bloodborne um and I didn't. I didn't have any, and I had one invade. I got invaded once uh, this playthrough and got absolutely shit on. <laughs> it was so bad. Uh, just someone who felt like they were such a higher level than me. But um, you know, there's so many great YouTube videos, and Teddy has a great. I don't know if it's Bloodborne or a Dark Souls invade. Where, Dark Souls three. Uh, yeah. Or Teddy is pretending to be a statue. He's like taking a potion oh that turns God. him into a statue and then kills someone. Just. I had one where I chased someone and he actually ran off a cliff. There's like all these great moments that are almost always really janky because this game doesn't lend itself to online competitive play very well. (laughs) These like clunky, slow games. But um, it's a so it's kind of like if you want it to be a big part of your game, you can make it that Uh, you can spend a lot of time getting into co-op together and you can try to invade. But uh, it's not like it's not it's a non-essential part of the game for sure. It does sound fun though, but uh, I I have heard that the actual like PvP fighting is really bad, and it's yeah. just like people because they have the exact same move set as you because every weapon's the same and every build's the same, so it's like swing, swing, back off, heal, swing, 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 back off, heal, like parry, visceral, heal, you know, it just like goes on forever with like. And both players have 20 blood vials and, you know. And the blunderbuss is really OP online because the, like, wide range of the hit and it always staggers uh, you yeah. when you get hit. Cause, and it's the same as hunter on hunter combat in, this, yeah. in the offline mode where uh, those are, even though you, it's funny because when you shoot an enemy and they don't take any damage, you're like, I this is so useless. But if you get hit, even if you take five damage, oh you God. get staggered. It's like I'm so fucked. I'm, this is this is insane. Which <laughs> is that happens nonstop in the f- 
first or second boss fight in Gascoigne and that I was so annoyed. It was just like he just shoot from across the entire graveyard with his bullets yeah. that spread and they all stagger you and then you get like one shot or something. But yeah. So I think the weapons are in because in, you were saying so there are different builds and there are the weapons are yeah. some of them are up by Danny. Um, <laughs> I'm here. Sorry, I'm just turning off my camera because oh. I'm just like going to be crying and sneezing and blowing my no nose. Problem. Problem. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and I don't want to have to think about it. So, like, if you if you build blood tinge, your guns do a lot of damage because oh, okay. your um basically you're you're giving your blood because the bullets yeah. are made of your blood or imbued yeah. with your blood. Um, and there you can also build arcane, which is like kind of arcane, and you have to like use runes correctly in your weapons so to make them do like extra fire damage or extra bolt damage bolt, yeah um but it's like really hard to do on your first run uh but my favorite weapon is the chicago which is you get at the canehurst castle which is a sword that in its transformed mode you stab it into yourself and cover it in your blood and so you're slowly in this transform mode you're slowly taking damage as like it drains blood from you and you do extra damage because your blood tinge is high in addition to dealing extra damage with ranged weapons but in the main game this was the only weapon that was like this and um and it's fucking hard to find it's it's you find it really late so yeah it's like unless you know exactly where you're going and have a walk through or played it before like you're not gonna get there and get this weapon and you can't beat it by yourself it's like very a very apart fight um right so there's a uh, guilty gear strive character that's really good I, i can't remember what he's called but he basically has a blood meter and if it gets too high, he like rips his mask off and his health just starts going down to basically to one. But <laughs> in that moment, he can do like unlimited strings of attack. So it's like balancing like, do you want to hit that threshold or not? And it feels sort of like influenced by this maybe. Right. Yeah. And so that was um, that was like a fun way to mix it up, I thought. Uh, is there, um, were there other weapons you guys liked? Because we that was a question we got from. I love I love the Tonatrus. This most recent playthrough was an arcane build, uh, just running around like <laughs> electrifying it constantly, getting it <laughs> revved up. Uh, and it's nice just when you're sprinting through an area. It's almost like a taunt as you're running past enemies, just flicking your mace <laughs> at them, showing them your power. Uh, That's awesome. But the uh, yeah, I mean the Chicago is amazing and. But honestly, when you when I first played the game, just the whole all the, just the fact that they're all trick weapons and have multiple forms, or I guess two forms each one has, is a uh, is so cool. Like the threaded cane, which is a cane with a blade at the end that you can swing, but then it also switches into like a chain whip. A whip and yeah. uh, the Kirk hammer, which is a sword that uh, is a sword, either a sword or you can insert the sword into basically a cinder block and then swing it as a hammer. Um, <laughs> And there's just like all these amazing combos where you can switch in between. And so I just feel like almost every weapon as I pick it, I'm like, this is so awesome, even though I'm never going to use this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I struggle with that balance of like, I agree that they're all cool. 
I think I have I've played thirty hours. I'm two thirds of the way through the game, and I have four weapons unlocked, maybe five. Um, but they're but it's bad. Like they're they're bad weapons. Like that I I put all my resources into upgrading one weapon, and then I get a weapon that's significantly worse, and it looks cool, but it does no damage. And then I'm just like, this sucks. I can't even kill. I can't kill anyone. You know. Um, so like, I love the idea of them, but yeah, in execution, which is like overall how I feel about this game is like, wow, thematically great. And then the execution I just think is like so bad. And the weapons are a good example of that, right? I'm like, I have the ax, the starting weapon. And I'm like, this is just stronger than any other weapon I've gotten. It's just better than every weapon. The starting weapon, and it's the most basic melee axe possible in any game. Um, and unless you have a fucking walkthrough and summon a friend to help you beat a boss that you can't even find, you don't get a weapon better than it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, what the hell, you know? Yeah, I so I think this for. That connects to like a question Bacon asked, which is, I've personally found that these games are easier to fully grasp on New Game Plus or just a second playthrough with a new character. Uh, maybe because the first run is a lot of trial and error, and I don't like looking things up. Um, and on the second run, I can play the quote-unquote right way. Uh, how'd the experience differ for you guys if there was more of a helping hand in the way of navigation mechanics upgrades, or do you prefer to look stuff up as you go? Um well, I think what's interesting about this game because it's a it is a JRPG technically, uh, <laughs> and how different it is from other JRPGs, which are just filled with instructions, menus, tutorials, right. uh, text. And this game is the exact opposite, right? It just kind of throws you in and gives you some almost like in-world language to describe how to use weapons. You'll just have like a message with playstation buttons in it but it's like to wield this trick weapon press x to you know do this or whatever it is um so it is it's a remarkably little amount of hand holding i think for what is such a difficult game um i definitely had way more fun on my second and third playthroughs than on my first i think uh, uh one of the big things is that beyond all the mechanics, just the level design is amazing and everything connects and you end up coming back to an area you were just in and you have no idea how it's mapped out that way, but it is. And it's very impressive, but going through, you have to pay so much attention your first time through, like remembering where you are, especially in places like the woods or in the, you know, some of these other zones where things look a lot alike. You just... There's something about the familiarity of the locations. Like, I don't have to think about navigation because I know where this path goes. And getting to that point, it's 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 really not about the journey. It's the destination, I think, in terms of <laughs> maximum enjoyment. Um, you kind of like got to get through the grind and then you're there and you have total mastery of Central Yarnum or uh, the Nightmare Frontier or whatever it is. Yeah, what is New Game Plus? New Game Plus is after you beat the game, you just start the you start from the very beginning again with the same character and all your levels and everything. Gotcha. And it's yeah. like a, um, but like things aren't unlocked yet. Yeah. Nothing's unlocked. I right, think right, you, right. you might still have all the same key items like to unlock certain doors, oh, okay. but maybe not even. Um, so essentially it lets you to like play the game with the sword you got at the, at the, on the final boss. I see. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
fuck, I forget the name of the game that invented this. Um, I feel like it was maybe Castlevania. Um, That would make sense. (laughs) But yeah, I, I absolutely agree with this. And I think like maybe the thing that's different between us, Alon, right, is... Like so, for me, I played the first two thirds of Bloodborne, and then oh, it was, it was Chrono Trigger. Oh, it was Chrono Trigger. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Throwback. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I think like two thirds of the way through, I realized like, oh my, I've like put, I mismanaged my stats. There's like a skill cap. There's like a stat cap on some stats, and like. I was like, I've been doing this all wrong. And I was just like, oh man, I can't wait to like start a new character. Mm-hmm. And like two thirds of the way through the game, I just like stopped playing and started a new file with a new character. And I was like, oh yeah, like this is so awesome. Like I've got, mm-hmm. I, like I get the game now. Um, and so I don't quite do, I usually don't do new game plus. I like kind of like the struggle from the beginning. But yeah, it takes me a little while to like understand the language of the game. And I don't know if I love that part of the process, but I love the end and like, you know, navigating the game once I have that language. Mm. Um, I told you it's the destination, not the journey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's the journey again. Once you learn how to do the the journey better, then it's the journey. (laughs) Yeah. And that's kind of why I looked up if there's like, oh, what build should I do? What weapon should I get? And that's ultimately why I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to keep playing because they're all the fucking same. You know, like everyone's just like, no, it's still just melee and you still just use your gun to visceral and you still level up the same shit and the other weapons are based. I was just like, oh, okay. Um, which is why, like, even in the Discord, I was saying, like, I think these games are supposed to be played with a walkthrough. Like, I think that, like, like Damon just finished the game. I'm pretty sure he just looked everything up as he was playing. Absolutely loved the game. He just got, like, the best gun. He got the flamethrower. He got the best farming area in the game unlocked early so he didn't have to spend, I don't know, a third of his time playing just farming for blood vials to heal just stuff like that i'm just like yeah that's that's like how it's supposed to be played and how one would think this is good and i also similar to bacon just hate looking stuff up i'm like what's the fucking point you know like that's how i feel about looking stuff up in the game is what's the point of fucking playing it if it's just gonna tell me what to do and where to go and how to get the good stuff i just feel like it loses it yeah, I, th- I think I think there's a distinction between looking up how to do everything and looking up where something is or how to get into a certain area. And I think like when I've played the, my first run of Bloodborne, I didn't like get to any of the optional bosses. I I was like basically on the final boss of the game, <laughs> and uh, like beating the game on its on its own terms and in in its messiness. And then going back and like using a walkthrough to like poke at some of the areas you didn't know about um, is like where I'll bring in a walkthrough. But yeah, like I I did face this issue with like Elden Ring where I, I actually was just on my first playthrough, like looking stuff up a lot because I was like, this game is so big and there's so much I could do and I don't want to spend 250 hours in this game despite it being good like 
I'm just looking for something. Like I'm just looking for a key to this magic school and I just need to get in yeah. it. And, and, you, and ultimately, <laughs> I think you really like that game, right? Like it didn't ruin it for you. Um, it It didn't ruin it, but it did taint it. I would okay, say like okay, my okay. experience is like, it doesn't feel um, authentic same. or pure. Yeah. It, it just feels like, yeah, I had to take like a bunch of shortcuts. And... What I've been trying to, I've been trying, I haven't been able to like actually coherently come up with like a thesis about this, but Bloodborne to me is like, or, or these games are sort of like big giant puzzles. I in- think it's a puzzle game. I yeah. don't think it's an action RPG at all. I just want to interrupt you and say that. I've been thinking about this whole time. Like there's very little action about this. There's less action. This is like jet set radio levels of action you memorize the one graffiti pattern you just do it over and over again there's no there's no like live improvisation or anything like that right it's like and yeah it's just a big giant interconnected puzzle that you have to like unlock that's the game yes yes definitely um it's and there are different pieces to that puzzle right it's not all just word puzzles it's word puzzles and matching puzzles and trivia puzzles. Yeah. It's there's all kinds of different things working together. Um, and right, some of it's combat, some of it's combats again with visceral attacks, some of it's combat against bosses where you can only see their feet. Yeah. <laughs> um, some of it's like figuring out how the stat scaling works. And some of that stuff works better than others. Uh, like, figuring out how stat scaling works and like fucking up your entire build and not doing a good job is like it's not there's not really a good way to lose at doing that um but one thing i i wanted to say like i don't know if you like cheesed any fights alon Um, i did the one you watched remember the hunter in uh old yarnum Oh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) So I think a lot, and I don't know how you feel about this. I think a lot of people like who like think Soul should be played the right way don't like this. But I've always thought that this game is like really unfair. Um, And these games are really unfair. Like they, they, there's like traps that you fall through. Enemies will just like be hidden around a corner. And when you go around to pick up an item, somebody will jump on you. And it's like, this game is just like fucking with you all of the time. Yes. So when when you have an opportunity to like hide in a doorway and like poke someone with your like weapon as it's clipping through the wall, <laughs> to me, that's like, you're like getting back at the game. Or you're something. having a conversation with Miyazaki, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. And that's to take it like one step further. That is why Damon looks stuff up. He doesn't look stuff up because he doesn't like hard games or doesn't like, you know what I mean? He's struggling or something he's just like no this game fucks with me i'm just gonna fuck with it and be you know what i mean (laughs) be the most powerful i can be and kill everyone you know yeah well it is interesting because they don't there's so many of these cheese moments and they have not changed them right there's there's no big patches like oh this spider would get stuck in the doorway all the time and you can kill it no problem or uh, or there's a chalice dungeon where you can get 90,000 blood echoes <laughs> yeah. for free. We patched it out, which uh, honestly, considering it's a multiplayer game, shocks me they didn't do that. But uh, it's a uh, yeah, I think I think I don't know if they encourage it, but they're like, this is the game. 
And however you figure out your uh, like your way to push through these obstacles is fine with us. Right. It's almost like it's like speed running, right? It's sort of like this is the game and, you know, figure it out. It's not like, oh, this enemy is meant to be stabbed with a sword. And if you don't stab him with a sword, you're playing the game wrong. It's like, no, if you can figure out you can throw your poison knife at him enough times to poison him <laughs> and you buy a hundred of them from the shop, you can win that way. Like, I... I think we were going to, were we going to talk about this with Spelunky, but in relation to Spelunky and how we were always buying the Ankh, but there's a dragon in Demon Souls that like, it took me fucking forever to figure out how to get past. He just flame breaths the bridge every time you go on it. And then like, I found out like years later that everybody just shoots him full of like 500 arrows and he eventually <laughs> dies <laughs> like his health bar just goes down tick oh my tick, god tick. and i just never did that and so like yeah i think i i ended up coming back through a different way or something like that but i just couldn't i mean i i don't know if that's good or bad but it's just amazing to me yeah like there are definitely parts of this game and like you know, the FromSoft vibe that I love. And like, this is definitely one of them. It's, it's like, it, it reminds me of like Arcane Kids. Like I talked about on the, the Neon White episode, right? They have like their manifesto, like bad is better than good. And the purpose of gameplay is to find secrets and stuff like that. Like, I feel like those guys probably love these games, right? It's like, there's a lot of similarities of like, um, a living game designer in the game that is constantly fucking with you. Um, and you're responding to that in ways that are funny and weird, right? Like I posted that clip of like, that was like very early on. I'm like exploring the sewers in central Yarnum and the big like pig fucker is about to kill me. <laughs> and he literally just clips into the wall and disappears. And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, and I would laugh out loud when that happened. I was like, wow, this game is a piece of shit in like the best way. Um, the, where like there is a little bit of running into this, I think that like it does become a little bit tedious at times because the enemies, similar to the Castlevania complaints that we all had, where the enemies respawn in the exact same area every single time and attack the same way every single time and are hiding behind the same corner every single time. And so you have to go through these same areas if you're a new player and not good yet, like me, 50 times, 100 times. And it becomes interesting. It goes from like interesting, fun, like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. They're fucking with me to like, this is just so tedious and repetitive and boring. And there's no fun moments and there's no payoff either right like the first time i like cleared central yarnum because i thought i was supposed to kill everything right <clears throat> i was like okay fucking everyone's dead let's go you get nothing nothing happens no benefit you level up like one level maybe max but it to level up you have to go back to the hunter's dream and then when you come back from the hunter's dream everyone's respawned again and it's just yeah, I don't know. At first, it's like there's a lot of fun, I think, at at being careful with like how many enemies you aggro and like 
being conservative because your health is low and you're scared of dying and you have blood echoes that you don't want to lose. I think like there are moments I was playing where I was so locked in and like that felt amazing and I'm exploring a new zone and I have, you know, early on, if you have like 15,000 blood echoes, it's a fucking lot and you're like scared and whatever. And then like you round the corner and like it's an enemy you've never seen before and they one shot you before you have a chance. And then like you learn you shouldn't explore, you shouldn't take risks. You should have spent those blood echoes. Now you have to farm for two more hours. Um, and you got no benefits from being risky and from exploring. And so everything is just like, oh, well, that I just wasted the last four hours. It was really <laughs> stupid. And now I have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're not wrong. And I think people probably play this differently. But like what I like to do is just like clear an area completely once. Mm. And then in my mind, it's beaten. Like I've done the thing. Meaning you just run by everyone. I just run by every yeah. single person. I've picked up every item that's in every nook and yeah. cranny. I've explored this whole zone. And then if I die in a stupid way or in a legit way, it doesn't matter. Doesn't I'm never matter. fighting anybody again. Yeah. And because as far as I'm concerned, I've got it. And like maybe that's like lame to run by every enemy every time, but I'm, yeah. Or sometimes I'll like clear an area mostly and I'll be like, okay, I'm just going to go back and get my, spend spend all, spend all my echoes. And then I'm just going to run essentially back to this part. Like there's like this, you know, I found a little bit of a shortcut or something. It so. seems like a boss might be here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I definitely like it, it. Yeah, like is the game? Are you just is that what you're supposed to do? Are you supposed to run past everybody every time? Like that just seems silly. Like yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I want to hear what you think about this too, Danny. But it's like for me, the best part of the game is the world that it creates. And everything that goes into that, right? How it looks, how it feels, how it sounds. And I don't want to run by enemies because I don't want to run through the world. Right. And if running by the enemies is a core mechanic that is expected for you to do, then just put checkpoints because then you don't have to run through the world. You just get checkpoints and you get to enjoy the world and have checkpoints. You know what I mean? It's like, there, it's like there's not a hard gate in terms of like you can't run through a new area and explore it while running, but there's a hard gate in terms of like, oh, well, an enemy you've never seen before is going to jump on your head and suck your fucking brain out of it <laughs> and make your head explode. And you had no idea that that was even possible. And then you lose all your progress and you have to go back and then run through it again. It just... All these things just sort of clash. And again, this is like very similar to what we had problems with in Symphony of the Night, right? I remember saying like, don't be a fucking idiot. Go back all the way to the save point <laughs> because you're going to fucking lose all your progress and run into a random boss or a random whatever, die to some spikes and lose and be so fucking mad. And it's like, there's a lot of that in this game too. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, uh, as with regards to running past enemies, I mean, when it comes to fighting bosses or getting back to boss fights, I think you're kind of making a trade-off because you most of, I th- I find at least most of the time once you've unlocked a shortcut to a boss fight you can probably pretty reliably kill the you know 5 to 10 enemies you have to that you would yeah. kill to get back to the boss and if you have that locked in and you're it's going to take you now not all of us are savants like Alan but uh <laughs> if it's going to take me 10 or 15 tries to beat a boss then you know that's 10 to 15 rounds of farming echoes that I get getting back to the boss and yeah, like you said, I really love the world and love the feeling of or love the immersion of the sound and of the voice lines of the enemies and the sounds of the enemies and kind of running through that multiple times, especially in service of just getting to the boss was it doesn't bother me or something that I enjoyed doing. And it's a way to kind of grind up and level up because you can go in pick up your blood echoes because you know they're always going to be in the boss area now i guess you run the risk of getting killed in the meantime and then you lose everything you've had but um it's uh and you you also you just can't you can't really you can only run through repeat areas i think i mean you can run through later ones if you don't want to fight anyone but you will find yourself under leveled and with no idea what's going on more often than not you're going to run around a corner and get killed by something like late in the game, there's a pig that you can visceral and you're like, oh, this is like an easy area. And then all of a sudden there's two pigs looking at you <laughs> with a thousand eyes and uh, they can just even even at level like 80 or whatever. I oh, am, my God. When that pig turns around me. and it's got all those eyes, that that part is so fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Right after uh, Mikolash is saying, uh, bless us with with eyes as oh, you did. for like, Yeah. So oh you visceral God. a pig along yeah. and you don't kill because it's standing ass to you yeah yeah you and then you don't your hand kill it ass. yeah you don't kill it and then it turns around but it's not just a regular pig it's like i've oh, got a pig with like a hundred eyes on it and it's so <laughs> terrifying um but yeah i mean I, I just think well i was thinking about the uh the one reborn which is a boss a late game boss uh which is kind of like an amalgamation of zombies and skeletons yeah, and decomposing flesh and it attacks you with kind of piles of this oozing pus-filled flesh body and it, parts, and it kicks you with its little skeleton feet. Yeah, it's got well, it's got all covered in. It's got little limbs that'll just poke at you if you yeah. try to attack its feet. It almost seems like a meme about how you always have to aim for the legs because it's got these giant, ridiculous yeah. feet in the yeah. middle that you attack. But um, I was thinking about how. I was thinking about the artists who work on video games who make these beautiful set pieces and beautiful enemies and characters. And it's like, we need you to make the most grotesque, scary, oozy creature you can. And just, they bring the first drafts and more. Yeah. (laughs) More ooze, more pus, more skeleton skulls. Uh, And just how funny it is that they have to turn their talents to that for this game. But it, it works so well. You know, there's just, the environments are beautiful. All the enemies just look amazing. And there's subtle differences like the there's a the second phase of the game there are enemies that revive uh after you know 30 seconds after you kill them if you don't kill the the bell ringing woman who's kind of triggering that power and they are uh and they look exactly like everyone else you fought except they're covered in blood and 
just the way the way that blood tie the, the blood motif uh, ties into everything is just it's so perfectly done just you you get bloodier as you get more blood echoes you're they just leaned all the way in in every way and I just think the world hits perfectly so I, I just want to say that I've had this quote before but it's with some dude who was an artist for Dark Souls 2. He's talking about working with Miyazaki. And he says, uh, when I was drawing the undead dragon, I submitted a design draft that depicted a dragon swarming with maggots and other gross things. Miyazaki handed it back to me saying, this isn't dignified. Don't rely on the gross factor to portray an undead dragon. Can't you instead try to convey the deep sorrow of a magnificent beast doomed to a slow and possibly endless descent into ruin? Oh my fucking God. <laughs> wow, that's how you know this guy's fucking built different. What the fuck? Putting Kojima to shame. That yeah, is so like, if insane. It, <laughs> it's fucking legendary. I just, I think about it all the time. It's and so, so sick. And, and I guess we should kind of, we can come back maybe to combat because I think we keep, we keep going into the world design. But yeah, let's talk about the world and exploration and stuff because I, I have things too. Yeah, he, He's very deliberate, right? And he, if something's gross, I think it's gross for a reason. Um, or I hope it's gross for a reason. And this game is really gross and has lots of yeah. fucked up stuff going on. But I think it is to convey the messages he is trying to convey. So, Alon, do you, is there something specific you wanted to talk about with the world? Well, it's funny because. I mean, one of the reasons I was sort of dreading this episode, and we, we all talked about it beforehand, but. It's just sort of, it's hard when the things that people love about a game are the things that you don't like about it, you know, and then you get into sort of this part's so good and then me saying this part's so bad, you know, and that I, I've had a really hard time just in preparation for this episode, like trying to wrap my head around like, but why don't I like it, right? And so a lot of the things that you just said, Danny, are things that I have as bad things, but the reason that I sort of wrapped back to why I think they're bad is because I think the exploration in the world is so good and the best part of the game. And I'm glad you brought up the enemies respawning because I have that part too from in Yahargul when you get there and the enemies just start never ending respawn basically. And there's so many people like down that staircase and stuff like that. Um, I want to explore that zone. It's like when the game becomes the most visually stunning is when you can do the least exploring. It's like all of a sudden I can't just kill people and walk around and look at that giant fucking spider and look at the sky and look at the moon and check out the buildings and see like there's jail cells downstairs and see these rotting corpses and all this fucking cool shit. Because I'm just either sprinting by everyone or dying trying to fight them. or It's just like becomes such a pain in the ass. And it's so visually stunning and you can't even enjoy it. And then also the other thing is that while exploration I think is probably my favorite part of the game, you, all, you get like no benefits from it also. And I'm not saying that like every game should be Zelda and you open a treasure chest and get a new weapon or something like that, but... You basically just get nut. You just get bullshit. You just get chalices or bullets or blood vials or um, 
blood shards that you already have a thousand of that can't upgrade your weapon anymore. You just get like literally useless shit that just takes up slot in your backpack, even though you just like explored this like secret area that was really tough enemies to get through and blah, blah, blah. And it was really stunning. But yeah, I don't know. So that that's my main frustrations, I think, with like the exploration part of it. And I think I think there's I mean, this is where the parody of the and that's P-A-R-I-T-Y of the <laughs> weapons and armor makes it challenging because, yeah, you could get this. You could explore an area and you get a weapon. And it's like, well, this isn't what I'm building for or it's just I don't like the way this one feels. Yeah. Even though it might be really good and you're just stuck without it. Um, or, you know, you, you didn't get a reward for exploring that area in theory. Um, or it's just but, way worse than the weapon you have, which is usually right, the case right. for me. Yeah. Um, but the... I do think there's some kind of artistic direction in the way the game starts to narrow later. Obviously, it 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 is visually stunning, and there are a few moments of moments of awe you can have, uh, where you can like Yarnum, the the mother who's like crying right before the uh, Murgo's wet nurse fight, and just these moments where you can kind of just look at what's happening, listen to the sound that uh, you're under the the pale blood moon, but the you know you're kind of you're being driven to beasthood you're killing everything you're killing every hunter you find you're killing every enemy you find you're killing people and all in search for an umbilical cord right you're chasing the sound of this baby crying and (laughs) and the way yes I, i totally understand what you mean that like you wish you could kind of stop and take it in more but because it gets so difficult and you have enemies respawning and uh i don't know what they're called the those creatures that are uh, on top of the buildings later. Amygdala, that, amygdala. Yeah, amygdala. <laughs> amygdalas, uh, <laughs> Senator amygdalas everywhere. Pronounced uh, amygdala in some yeah. some places. <laughs> Those things are um, so cool, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like... It, it's almost like you imagine if you were there, you you would have no, you wouldn't have time to look at anything and be like, if you stare, you will go insane, right? Like, this is, yeah, this yeah. is horrifying. There are these... Like, how am I to escape this nightmare, this dream that has become a nightmare now? Uh, So, uh, again, I don't know. That either hits, that either lands or it doesn't for people, right, if that is the goal. But there is something about it, uh, about the chaos and insanity that you feel creeping in later and later in the game. All of a sudden, there are birds with dog heads and dogs with bird heads, and they're fast and loud. The baby's crying in the background. You're just like, wow, my fucking God. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, it's... I definitely understand what you're saying in terms of like nothing helps you. Um, I do think there's like lots of there's environmental storytelling taking place. So I think after so when you clear an area, I think you can do or you clear all like the nearby aggro mobs, the aggressive mobs, and you can then like spend some time looking at stuff. Um, And also there are like items and corpses, I think, like, placed in ways that do some storytelling, too. So, like, you go to the, near the cathedral ward, if you go to that street where, like, everybody's partying in that alley, and there's, like, that's where you get the prostitute to bring her back to the church, just as a safe place, not for anything (laughs) else. Not that there would be anything wrong with that. Um, (laughs) But there's, like, a... Uh, healing church corpse there, right? Um, yeah. And like you knock on someone's door and someone's like, oh, we we love the church and everything they've done for us. And like 
this person in the church is like visiting this like seedy part of the town. Um, those clothes aren't like especially good, um, but they have like descriptions on them about like what the church does. And I think all that together is just like experience. Um, and it, for me, it like that is just like I'll never put that those clothes on. I'll just I just don't think I yeah. ever will. But I will read the description and I will like notice how it's placed and be like, this is interesting. Um, and maybe it's a little on the nose, maybe it's a little telegraphed. Uh, but yeah, I do think like you're not gonna like find the gun that's gonna like make your game that's now gonna like upgrade your character. Yeah, and, it's it's. No, I keep going, keep going. Yeah, and it's um I think one thing that is a huge mistake of this game, and I think they actually have acknowledged it by making the DLC full of weapons, and we've touched on this before, which is just there aren't a lot of weapons to find. I think there's like ten weapons in the main game. Um and they tried to make them like kind of weird and different. Oh, cool. So, um but yeah, uh so yeah, I, I you know I kind of I kind of of, of both. Yeah, I'm of in between minds. you guys because I love all that stuff that you just described, Teddy, and I understand what you mean, Danny, because it, ultimately it's supposed to be a role playing game, right? Like you're supposed to be going insane when that shit's happening, but it's just like I can't take in all the stuff that Teddy just talked about because there's three hunters attacking me at once <laughs> in the coolest part of the game so far. And it's just like, what the fuck is this? You know, I'm just going to run by them, which again, like I don't like. And, you know, and then I'm going to run all the way until I reach another boss and then die and then farm for more blood vials and then run to the boss again and die again. It's like, ah, oh man, just gets so tedious to me that like, I don't know, maybe, you know, there's some articles you read that people are like, it took me years before I liked Bloodborne. That's like not that uncommon. <clears throat> then maybe I'll get there one time. But I mean that was my experience with Bloodborne. This is a strange thing about these games. Uh my first attempt was very similar to your yeah. the way you started where I didn't know I could pick up weapons. I didn't I had no idea what was going on and I could not kill the first enemy and I played hours and hours and hours and hours trying to do it. Pro no not 10 hours but more than 4 yeah. certainly. Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess I just suck and I can't play this game and then came back a few years later and beat it my first time, then played a second time a year after that and then, you know, just had this third experience and just this was, you know, like I said, the most fun, my favorite one I've had yet. And it's a uh, I don't know. Is that a good game that that's it takes? It takes, it, it, you know, that's my best experience with the game took took place after 70 hours of gameplay. Like that's how my, that's my playtime and my other two characters which is and, a lot of where I'm coming from, which is just like, right, this yeah, is so, like, keep going. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying. And I think, uh, I, I guess it takes a certain kind of psychosis or have aff affectation to for that to sit well but well and this is something we faced in the chat a bit which is like people saying this isn't a good first souls game to play yeah. what does that mean really um 
And I think mostly it's because of the, some people say it's because of the healing situation. You don't automatically restore your health potions. Some people are saying it's because it's like the anti-souls because it's like undoing everything you learned. And it's like teaching you how to like parry with guns and and it's like fast where dark souls is slow. Um, Which I think is just immediately, if true, a huge failure of the game. If you take that as true, that like you can't play this game first as a Souls game, it's just this game is has a huge problem. Yeah. Um, and maybe it does. Like I, I, I don't know for sure because it's not my first game. Yeah. Um, and you see this, you can like I've searched a bit on this on Reddit, and everyone's like, this game was my first Souls, and I fucking hated it, and. Bloodborne was my first Souls and I fucking loved it. Dark Souls 2 was my first Souls and it was the worst or it was yeah. the best. And like, I don't really know how it clicks. Like we were talking about Maddie Myers, who's like one of my favorite games journalists and she hated Bloodborne and hated Souls. And like, I was just on her Twitter recently and she, looking up, I, I added her to try and get her to talk to me and she wouldn't. <laughs> um, and she was like, I'm so, she's like, I'm so souls pilt now. I just like saw one of her tweets and yeah, I don't know what happens and where and why, uh, but yeah, it's just like an interesting quirk. I, I think personally, and I have no experience in any of the other games and this is my first playthrough. So I'm like maybe out of my depth, but I, I go back to Bacon's question where he he also loves the Soulsborne games. I think Bloodborne's like the only one he hasn't played. Um, but he said he likes playing it on New Game Plus. And everyone, I mean, you guys are saying you had more fun on your second and third playthrough or whatever. Where I think that I just run into so many contradictions in all of these glaring reviews of the game where I'm sitting here reading it going insane, being like, that's bad. And they're just writing about how good it is. And there, I legitimately read an article on Kotaku that of the writer missing the long loading screens. He's like, they're good. He said, it's a spectacular testament to the power of Miyazaki wields over us all. He holds us captive in the prism of his faultless reputation. Everything Miyazaki does, he does for a reason. If we don't understand that is our own human failing, you, you're you defeated. And I'm like, your fucking Stockholm Syndrome is crazy. You're fucking out of your mind. Like the way that you could say a minute long load time every time you die or go to the hunter's dream is good is just fucking a perfect example of like all of this. And, you know, I watched a lot of stuff and read a lot of stuff about it. And that was like pretty unanimously how I felt about what I was hearing. You know, like there's the video I linked to in Discord and that guy is doing like a four-hour video about all the Soulsborne series. He says the words out of his mouth. I spent 20 to 30% of my playtime farming for blood vials (laughs) in his glorious review of the best perfect game ever. And I'm like, that sucks dick. That is so bad. (laughs) So what you have to ask yourself, right, to stay sane yeah. is what bad design implementation would be yeah. in the next game or this game that you would say this is bad? Right. Wait, say like, that again? Like what bad game design 
would you take as good just because this is a Miyazaki, Soulsborne, or yeah. whatever, right? Right, right, right. And there has to be some in here, right? There's got to be many in here. And I think it's important it's to like, keep those in mind. Um, I watched a video of how to get to the castle. Sorry, what's it called again? Canesworth? Canehurst Castle. Canehurst. And I was like, because I wanted to check it out, because a lot of people in these in these articles were saying it's the best area of the game, and I could I literally looked up a walkthrough like map of how to find it, and I still couldn't find it. So I just watched a video of him going, and like again, like one of the things I noticed as he's raving about how this is his favorite game ever, his favorite area of the game, blah blah. blah. He's thirty levels higher than me, with the unlocked best weapon in the game, best armor in the game, still struggling with like the fucking tick monsters and like the worms (laughs) like he still almost dies and he's played probably 70 hours of the game and has all of the best loot and like if that's what it takes to like the coolest area in the game like again that's fucking bad that means that i'll never find it because i don't (laughs) like the game and even if i did find it be so insanely difficult to kill all these tick monsters and worms because you can't even fucking do it. <laughs> and I'm way under leveled yeah. because I'm a fucking idiot and I started on like the hardest imaginable difficulty. So, so yeah. you know, I don't know. It's just like there's so I mean, much. What I think is going on here, and uh, this this has been crystallized by Super Hexagon, is <laughs> there is something that is so satisfying about being presented with an impossible task doing it getting better getting your you're a better player your character gets stronger you get a new item or whatever it is and then you're hit with another impossible task right every boss fight you lose uh, not every time but every boss so many boss fights you lose on your first try and you're like what the fuck and you get to a new area and it's like Wait, I have to fight ten of these ghouls. I've been fighting one on one, yeah, and barely surviving, right? And it's there is all this frustration in it. But when you're able to do it, I just there's no, there's nothing that really recreates that feeling of surmounting impossibility. Uh, Super Hexagon is like this. The first Super Hexagon is this iOS game, or I guess it's everywhere now, but originally an iOS game that you just have a little pointer that you're trying to navigate. Uh, you just turn it left or right to try to dodge uh, encroaching hexagons. Um, the first level perfect is game. like the slowest speed. So yeah, good. it's a perfect game. And it's it, it's impossible. The first, you <laughs> hand it to someone, if they get 10 seconds, if they survive for 10 seconds, you're like, wow, that was a really you're good first a attempt. freak god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you, yeah, you, normally it's just they got extremely lucky, then their next five tries are three seconds. And then you beat it, you get to 60 seconds, you unlock a faster mode. And again, it's impossible. And you do this, there are seven modes, seven different speeds getting faster and faster. And there's just nothing, nothing, there's nothing quite like that, that loop and getting through that. And I think, uh, I think early coverage and descriptions of these games talked a lot about that. I don't, I feel like I don't see people talking about that much anymore. Like no one, I feel like no one brought that up in discord this time around, but it's something I always think about is like, there, it's almost like you're pushing yourself and, and I mean you are pushing yourself and achieving something that to you it's all relative felt impossible and that's an amazing gratifying moment um and 
this is the yeah. This yeah. is what kind of I, I, I'm of two minds about this. This is like what's sort of weird about it being an RPG, and this is what I think Sekiro did really well, where it just is like actually you just have to get good at every fight, and if you can't <laughs> do it, you can't do it. And Bloodborne and other Souls games, what I sort of like is, um, I think we talked about like an easy mode and stuff is like if you if you just level up, you can do it eventually. If you just grind enough and you level up, you can do it. I don't think that's good, but like if you don't mind it, um, that's an option. And like this playthrough, I literally, um, I also just want to say Super Hexagon is like the iPhone handheld version of Souls games for me. It <laughs> it is like I think about it all the time, just like repeated fast failure, forcing you to learn and play better memorizing patterns. I just think of them as very similar in my mind. I have for maybe because I've started playing them around the same time, but they're very similar to me. Um, But I didn't, uh, I didn't farm a single blood vial or level up a farm, a level in this playthrough at a single time. And some of the fights were actually like really hard and I did like very little damage and it was just like a big marathon fight because of that. Um, but I think this is, goes back to the bacon thing, which is, you know, playing it on a new game plus. And we, we talked about this a little bit, which is, and I don't, you know, I want to be a little careful. This comparison uh, is like, what would happen if you handed someone Shakespeare for the first time, right? Yeah. Uh, if you handed someone Faulkner for the first time, just being like, read, read some Faulkner. Here you go. Like, I had no fucking idea what, happened the first time I read a Faulkner book. I was like, I don't understand any of the words he's using. I don't really <laughs> understand the prose. Um, like there are like college courses you you teach these for a reason. And um Shakespeare has literally page by page translations for a reason. And if you don't enjoy the process of learning it, there's like nothing you there's like that's just that's like that's it, right? Like and I think there are some serious problems with the games that do inhibit some of that learning. Um, but I think like, I'm j- I just am fine looking past it because I enjoy that. A lot of that slog. Like I even enjoy like, I, and I, I even enjoy the farming, right? I think someone said, Bacon said, when is it okay to farm resources in a game? Like I enjoy that puzzly aspect of it. Like, okay, I found these enemies that give a, a lot of echoes and B also drop blood vials. And I'm going to run that. 10 times and then buy i'm gonna get 40 blood vials and then i'm gonna buy 40 more and like i like dialed in some like strategic section of my map of this game and while it's not like fun in terms of like i'm progressing the game in any way it is it is uh set like what danny said yeah satisfying um i've uh, i'm accomplishing something not only am i getting better at the game i'm getting better at you know resource stockpiling like a strategy game or something uh and if you like good action like that sounds like a fucking joke right Mm -hmm. but (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's it's like i have so many responses but just that immediately is another like review i read right where the the person writing the reviews complaining about farming blood vials and the top comment is you can store 999 of them (laughs) 
And I'm like, yeah, so but true. you have to fucking farm for 24 hours straight if you want to get 999 of them. That doesn't solve the fucking problem. It just well, you know what? This actually longer. Uh, I've been thinking about this in the context of so I was a rower in high school and college, and well, I'm still a rower. Once a rower, always a rower, as we say in the sport. But um, <laughs> the there are and not I feel like. Uh, rowers are strange because it's a i mean it's an endurance sport like so many others where you are just forced to spend inordinate amount of t- amounts of time repeating the motion over and over just getting your heart rate up and just sitting there um but rowing in particular because so much of it is done on machines so it's all indoors looking at the shittiest monitor ever created even <laughs> you know the newest one came out in 2021 yeah and it's the first one with a backlight like that was what they did was they created a backlight um and, but, you know, and I, I, I like the sport and, but there are people who just love sitting there erging hours and hours and hours or getting on the spin bike for hours and hours and hours and just not everyone likes sports. So like, these are the bloodborne, you know, people who farm 999 blood vials are that version yes. of it, right? They just yes. sit in the work, as we used to say, they just sit, <laughs> sit in the work in and, the get, work. In, and get the blood good. vials. Um, <laughs> Thank and, you, Danny, uh, for that beam. Yeah, it's just a uh, it's it's a strange psychology that people have for it. But and it's interesting because, yeah, that's not that's not Teddy's and it's not my experience with the game. But people are like, oh, yeah, this is a way to play this game is to just grind it out. And then you can get through these areas as opposed to what I imagine. Maybe I'm more like uh, more like yours. A lot where it's just smash and grab. Right. Just yeah. Just uh, I'm gonna throw myself into this area of enemies, and I'm not scared. Hopefully, of you. I kill them, but I probably won't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I guess, like, if I was to sort of crystallize what you guys are saying into why this game did not work for me, never clicked for me, is because, I mean, it's weird to say. Uh, for let me rewind. Like when we were talking about like what's a Soulsborne early in the pod, like as someone who has never played them. I sort of have a different perspective because it's just it's almost like what I've heard about them and like rumors of them and like all I've really ever seen of them is Pete and Luke playing Dark Souls and I'm like what the fuck is this I have no idea what's happening um for me like that the rumors going in were like they're really really hard they're really hardcore you're gonna die a lot but like mastering the boss fights and stuff like that is just like the best feeling in the world. And I guess one of the big disappointments to me in this game, and you know, I'm two thirds ish through, I'm not gonna finish it, is that I'm fine with hardcore games and I'm fine with dying a lot, but I don't get the payoff. Like I played ROM that was like, two nights ago or something I was on ROM right and that was Josh our our friend Josh texted me that that was his like favorite moment in the game was the ROM fight and I did exactly what I said to you guys early in the episode where I died immediately then I died after a little bit of a grind fight and then I perfected it and it was never hard I never felt like this is hard and it's gonna be difficult for me to learn how to beat it it just felt like oh he does these two things and that i don't have just don't get hit by those two things and you easily beat this boss 
And so I never get the payoff. I haven't gotten the payoff. I've beaten 10 bosses and I'm yet to get the payoff. Maybe Gascoigne, I got one because he's the only one that really killed me a bunch of times because I was still really new at the game. I couldn't land a visceral for shit. He just fucking blunderbuss me all day. It was such a nightmare. But from then on, the repeated failure is fine if you get the payoff of then like, you know, the the good part. And I just don't get that. I haven't gotten that in this game. Um, it's I've found the game surprisingly easy um, in a way that I find boring. It's like, if I'm patient, the game is insanely easy. And if I'm not patient, I just get fucked. Yeah, and so that that's like where I'm at with it, and why I just it just doesn't click for me. I think that's right. I think if you're patient, it's easy, and I also think you learn the patterns probably faster than most people. Um, I w- I will say ROM is my favorite part of the game, also, but because it's easy and because uh, it's beautiful, it's a relief. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of sad. Yeah, you just go into this place, and maybe we can start. We can transition into the story of the game, and like, yeah. there's some big spoilers here. Part of the joy of this game is like uncovering this. Yeah. Um, but when you kill Rom, you open the pathway to like everything else. It seems like Rom is sort of like keeping the, all this on the periphery. It says and, that in in one of the uh, things you read. I can't yeah. remember exactly what it says, but it's like the spider hides the secrets or some yeah, shit like that. Yeah. yeah. And like you just kind of go in and he doesn't attack you. Like you he's did, not aggressive. Right. He's not aggressive aggressive when you go up to him. Yeah. And he's just like one of his attacks is like he wiggles and like bumps Rolls into over. you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like he's like the sad bug that you just come upon and slaughter. And I don't know. I just found, I also found like jumping into the lake beautiful. Yeah, Um, I love that. Yeah. But so, I mean, when you're first playing this game, your impression is like, okay, there are beasts, right? The the, the game is basically about beasts. People are turning into beasts. Beasts are bad. I I just want to interrupt because they're, there's going to be people listening who haven't played it. It's like, yeah, it's like very, it's very typical. It's exactly what you're thinking of. Not in a bad way. I love it. I think the areas are really cool early, but it's like werewolves and like villagers running at you with torches and like ogres. It's like very like tropey standard beasts in like a old, you know, Old Victorian England. Victorian England, that exact vibe. And it's great. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And, I, you know, so I'm careful how I talk about this with like Damon or Bacon, but it, it's once you kill Rom, it's no longer just werewolves. No. Right? The game, like, it really goes like full fucked. Mm. It's like, okay, there's like a bunch of different gods there's like the healing church is just actually just one cult in this whole big world um there's all these aliens everywhere that you couldn't really see before uh 
there's literally literally like a blue, green man like a gray man alien who like walk around and like like blah, 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 blah. yeah yeah like it's the like, silliest <laughs> shit you've ever seen yeah yeah you're just like what the fuck is going on in this game yeah. um which i just i loved that i just loved that transition from those two things i thought that was just uh phenomenal and like uh i mean this is the classic like lovecraft type world I mean, you you watched me play Teddy that one time, and remember, I was in, I was just outside of Cathedral Ward, and I was like looting a body or something, and then like a blue <laughs> circle happened, and I lost ninety percent of my health, yeah. and teleported ten <laughs> feet away, and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" And you were like, "I've never seen that," or something, something like that. But you were like. No, you said something like, I have an idea of what that was, but, like, I've never seen that or something. But but that's, I think, like, those are the coolest examples of, like, what happens post-ROM is that you see the world for what it actually is. And where I was standing, there's a fucking 15-story alien spider on the building that I was standing next to and it grabs me and fucks me and puts me back down basically and like you don't see that until you're you beat this spider who is like protecting it which is so cool the uh yeah so Bacon says how do you feel about the overall fashion look of the game (laughs) it's been mentioned before but I don't really like top hats that everyone is wearing uh that said i don't really like fantasy medieval either um maybe i'm asking if there are any themes you could picture instead of styles they've gone with so i'm not going to answer the last part of his question um (laughs) i want to say i've planned this so one just right away top hats and clothes like this are clothes people actually wore so like while you might not like the style like if you're doing something set in this era this is just what the clothes were <laughs> um like if someone wore this today i'd be like you're a freak like <laughs> what why are you doing this but like this is i think set in this time for a reason um which i guess leads to me to my next point which is like i think the victorian era is like it's ironic in that it's like this peak of human progress like it's the technical revolution right we're achieving so much technologically but I don't think human misery has ever been that high in ever. Like, I think that's the worst time for to be a human being. Um, and I basically think that's true since hunter gatherers. I think life was not good until basically like the middle of the 20th century. Um, we've just, we're using all these machines. We're basically using people as machines. We're making them farm, slog the same jobs every single day. A few people are rich. And those few people are people in top hats who (laughs) walk around and think they know better than everybody else in the world. Uh, England, I'm looking at you. Um, (laughs) and that, right. This is like the, this is like people in New York, right? This is the British empire. This is, uh, this is like the height of hubris and people's lives are just miserable. Um, and this is where Bloodborne is, right? Bloodborne is all these people who think they know better. They're messing with things they don't really understand. And it causes all these problems. Uh, and I think that, I mean, that is like the message of this game, right? It's, it's yeah. messing with things we shouldn't be messing with. 
And this period, I think, is like the period. Like, Danny, you're saying, do you want to talk about how like blood is involved in everything? Because I think, right, this is like the great pseudoscience of this era sort of like bloodletting as like the hallmark of we didn't know what the fuck we were doing for basically a thousand years <laughs> yeah. in in western medicine like how blood works in this game or the themes of blood yeah i mean it's a uh <laughs> well it's funny because this kind of is the development of like blood obviously has powers right it's not a made-up thing <laughs> in this world <laughs> um but it is there like kind of chaotic first approach at it, right? They've like tried to master it. They created this university to study it, this church to worship it, um, to try to understand it and to try to treat disease with it. Um, But yeah, I mean, the premise of the game, of the story of the game is you are sick uh, and you go to a healing clinic to basically get a blood transfusion with this special blood that will cure you. Um, And like the deal is you get the blood, but you... like to do it you have to become a hunter and enter the this world and cleanse the streets of beasts who have been uh they've been turned by the blood into beasts but basically the like uh, it's like this corrupting thing right like they find this power and it is giving them you know rapid improvement in their society but at the same time it is turning some people into beasts and it's giving other people great insights and powers and like this uh polarity grows and grows and then you have these you know you end up with uh i forget his name but the the guy in the wheelchair right before rom who's just like uh, paralyzed willem, with knowledge right? and glutton yeah willem yeah. willem and then uh and then you just have the the people in the streets who are like you know, you can feel you can feel they're a part of the culture. They're like they call you a, a plague ridden rat. They call you a cursed beast. <laughs> like they're like so, and you can see parallels to the world today or in the 20th century. Like they are so subsumed by their the time they're in and the culture they're in that they like can't even see that they have become the beasts, the very beasts that they want to kill and rid the streets of, um, and. Yeah, I do wonder if it's intentional that even the visuals of the game, like the clothing is fluid-like, you know, you're, or if it's just early clothing physics, or I should say early, early, mo- early modern clothing physics <laughs> um, that just look like that. But, uh, you know, it is a, uh, it, it's, I don't know, I just love it. It's so well done. It's not like a clear, like this is, these are nuclear weapons, you know, it's kind of like, it makes me think of the Ring of Power in Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, not the, literally the rings of power not the tv show the rings of power um well it's uh just like it's not this isn't representative of a thing that happened in history or in real life but this is like this this is like a classic human story yes. uh of like finding power being corrupted by it and not only are you corrupted by it but you bring your entire society into obsession with it right it's about the it's about the naivete that Anything we can invent is good. Right. Right. This is like the the, the Nick Bostrom. Yeah, exactly. Turn. Right. Um, we're just lucky enough that we haven't invented anything that we well, nuclear weapons could kill us, but y- that we will just destroy our society. Right. And we're we're one invention away always from doing that. We just haven't found it yet. Mm-hmm. Um Right. Like, is there, you know, we could be 20 years away from 
a really easy to make DIY CRISPR machine and anyone can make COVID, but make it lethal, right? Like more. Right. I think AI or human augmentation, these are all like, right. Everyone likes to say these things aren't going to destroy us, but they could, right? Why not? Yeah. Just just like cold blood and pale blood. Yes. Ash and blood. We'll be like old yarn and we'll have to burn it all down. And then we'll put our heads (laughs) in cages. That's the only way way to escape. (laughs) I will be in charge of, I will be the leader of the Mensa's church for sure. Hunter's a hunter, even in a dream. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, the, the overall story and all that stuff I think is really cool. And yeah, the, the top hat hate from Bacon and Damon, I've always found really fascinating because you know, none of us dress like that. Like, I don't <laughs> like top hats, but... <laughs> you fucking nerds. Yeah, but, like, the world is still sick, right? Like, I'm killing everyone in top hats. I'm literally covered in their blood. And then, like, <laughs> very soon into the game, like, there's not even that many humanoids left. Like, I'm just fighting wolves and ogres and rats in the sewers. Like, I just think it's all, like, really gnarly and cool and very loosely based in reality until it goes, like, very off the deep end, not based in reality in a way that's just, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think it, like, fits and looks good. And what you were saying earlier also, Teddy, is, like, and I guess part of part of Bacon's original question, too, is just, like, yeah, but like Dark Souls is lame, like right, like it's still lame, like it's, it's. So I don't know the answer either to like what theme wouldn't be lame, but I do think that like having it loosely based in, like having it loosely historical fiction, very loosely historical fiction, like is better to me than just like a completely like made up fantasy world. Um, well, this is like you were saying before, Teddy, like this is the trade-off, right? You get beautiful Gothic architecture yeah. and this beautiful world, and then you get the clothing that also, right. these are right. intertwined, right? <laughs> if they were wearing suit, uh, if they're wearing like cyber suits, they would look fucking insane, right? <laughs> like this is, it's all a part of the That's setting, true, which yeah. this game has leaned so heavily into that immersion. And uh, so, well, yeah, I don't know. It's like top hat. Yeah. Top hats are dumb. Well, I also think, I mean, I think the reason we often go back to this time is just, it's right before, um, you know, like big machines start being involved in everyday life and bigger technology, right? It's like, it's the closest relative to like analog times uh, that we're familiar with. And um, fantasy is like another popular one, obviously, but it's, you know, much longer ago. uh, But I I really think the Victorian area is was is like intentional for this. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. I mean, experimenting with medicine and blood and disease ridden and the darkness, like the dark ages were actually dark. Like it's, it's this game is overall so dark. The it's like hard to see. There are areas <laughs> that look very samey as you're moving through them you can't tell what's a snake what's a fucking you know plant um yeah i think it all it all works really well um and even the like i'm not a huge lore guy but 
all of the way that all of the items are written and everything are also like sort of in this time period. And I think that it should be. Again, like it's not my maybe favorite thing to read, but if it was anything but that, it would take you out of the game. I think it would take you out of that magic circle. So um yeah, I think it's I think it's good. Overall good. But I don't need another game with top hats. <laughs> this is this uh, I'm, I hit my, my quota. Face I off. hit my quota. I hit my quota. Well, plus you can just replay this four times, right? You know, so you don't need it. So uh, I have this. Uh, this is really un- not connected, but I have this note in my. Well, it's actually a Google Drive file from February 2017, which is six years ago, and. It's a document titled Bloodborne. I assume it's when I like started a playthrough awesome. and I was going to take notes. And it's, I was like, I opened it before the call. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to see all the stuff I was writing about it. And it literally is just the default font, Arial size 11, just let us cleanse these foul streets. And that's all it says. <laughs> just, just that. And uh, it's, that's, that's Bloodborne, you know? Yeah, I mean, I have so many notes, like, then I'm using literally none of them in this two-hour-long podcast. <laughs> Just like, oh, this thing, and like, oh, I'm doing this, I, oh, I found a new area, oh, there's nothing there, like, but... Fuck yeah. <laughs> okay, so Luke said, what areas did you find most visually striking? Mm. And did anything particularly impact you emotionally while playing? Um, I mean, we've talked about it, but like, post-ROM... Uh, coming into the unseen village and seeing the amygdalas everywhere it's just like holy like i think just staring at those the pale blood sky uh oh you know what actually this is a big well i don't know if it's big but this is a spoiler but when you come back to the hunter's dream after defeating murgo's wet nurse and you're not really you just beat a boss you're not sure if you're at the end of the game it feels close and then you Reaway, you enter the dream and the building is on fire, right? With the workshop and everything inside. And it just looks totally different. And you have no indication this is about to happen. It's just like the flames look beautiful. And then you enter the garden for the final battle. It's very, it's exactly like Metal Gear Solid 3 and Sekiro. <laughs> it's yeah. funny. Um, There's like field of white flowers. And uh, that, that for me, though, I, just, I had forgotten that that's what it looks like when you come back. So when I just did that, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. I like old Yarnum. I mean, I for me, the you know all of the negative things I've been saying sort of get worse and worse as you go on. But there's like a middle, early, early third ish part of the game where I was like loving it. Like sort of after you watched me play Teddy, around then when I was like really exploring and finding new areas, but like every enemy didn't one shot me, and I had time to like move at my pace. I was like. This is when like the game is feeling at its best, and Old Yarnum really reminded me of The Last of Us, like going through these like decrepit old buildings, and like when you go in the church and the fucking like witch people like scream like crazy, <laughs> and you're like, oh my fucking god! Like that was a genuine like fear moment. That was cool, and this guy is this shooting a gatling gun at you from on top of the building and it's just like yeah that whole area i thought was like really cool and um yeah just like 
unfortunately, as I kept going through the game, like other things got in the way for me personally to enjoy the areas. Like even though I think Cathedral Ward's cool and uh, Yahar Ghoul's cool. Um, but uh, yeah. What about you, Tony? Um, I think Bergen, just Bergenworth and mm. the lake there. I just love all, I love all the little trinkets everywhere and all that stuff. And I also love the lecture. That fucking scorpion, that arcane scorpion. Oh, don't, no. The, um, <laughs> <laughs> the lecture hall was also cool. Uh, I was saying before, it made me want to go. I was like, oh, I want to go to this college. <laughs> well, I, I, I just, these moments of like the decay of man are so, um, so powerful. Just go, walking through old Yarnum and just, you know, yeah, all these common folk who have just lost their minds and then go to the lecture hall, right, where these people were the experts and, like, thought they could con- control this power and they're all just turned into sludge, yeah. spitting, vomiting <laughs> monsters. <laughs> students. And, yeah. uh, or then, like, you go to, uh, you're in the, you know, Margo's Loft, the Nightmare of Mensis, and it's a, uh, you just see all of the skeletons with Mensis cages on them, right? Like, all these people, radical followers of mensis that just died <laughs> with cages on their heads right it's just there's just all of this depiction of it and and watch it and then you enter areas con- totally can run by animals right like spiders and birds and it's just like a i don't know i just i, I love running through this world that more and more is just totally totally devoid of human control and and, and reflective of human failure you know did you did you enjoy going to the old hunter's workshop did you either of you get there yeah yeah yeah. i uh, saw it i think in one of the videos yeah. i watched or something yeah you get the doll outfit and you find the doll yeah. there and that's a very like uh i'm trying to think what it, it reminds me of a movie or something but just kind of where you you realize you've been like looking in the mirror the whole time and you're like oh my god this has all been a game and right uh, it's like where your character would do that if they if they could talk. But so, are you a pawn of the moon, the moon entity? I think everyone yeah, is. I think right. So. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think everybody um, is. Well, I think that, not literally, but you know, in this, we're all a part of the ancient, the ancient ones, the great ones system. Because I feel like the implication is at the end, you usher in the like the next phase of humanity right when you uh, become the slug yeah like you are now right but that's the moon slug like don't you think there aren't there like other great ones like eldritch beings that are like you kill murgos you kill murgo right um You guys got to take this one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This shit gets. Uh, I didn't read a lot of lore before recording. Okay, okay. it's just it's out of there's a it's out of my depths. I need I need a, I need another year of Yeah, we'll do it. Like we'll do a, a second this. cast where we just yeah. talk about the lore. Yeah, get Tio on the for that because he posted like a thirty minute video on YouTube. All right, I'm sorry, yeah. on our Discord about just like purely the lore, and it's just a guy talking about like every single thing that's happened. I was like, I can't follow this. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> but um, I did want to shout out my favorite moment in the game, I think, was getting kidnapped. And yeah. you go to what you later learn is your hard goal, but then it's called like, I forget what it's called, but you, you basically just get kidnapped by this huge fucker and teleported to a prison cell. 
and you're in this completely well it is connected to the world everything's connected pretty much except for the dream stuff but it feels very disconnected when you get kidnapped it feels like i'm in a new world or something like that and the enemies are just way too powerful for you to ever fight and everything is like using magic and fucking crazy and you're just like I think that was the most scared in the best way that I was in the game where I was just like I thought something wrong happened I was like where the fuck am I I'm under leveled I shouldn't be here like there's zero percent chance I can fucking get through this um just sick yeah I love that part yeah, me too. That first time that happened, I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah, so fucked. I was so I was so heartbroken that I didn't get kidnapped this playthrough. Oh, too good. I, I killed Rom and then went to go get kidnapped. I was like, "All right, I'm ready." <laughs> and then he, my great my my bagger is not there. I was like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. If you do things the in the way. wrong order, you don't get some of the coolest parts of the game. Which, yeah. which is another reason yeah. to play with a walkthrough. <laughs> I looked up all these places to go, and I was too far along in the game at that point, so I couldn't go there. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if there is a culture of players for this game. It's just, you know, it's so the player base is so large now, yeah. and there's so many enclaves that play it. But I just feel like no one really plays these games blind. Right? I mean, if some people do completely blind, but like you're always talking about the game, like, oh, how did you beat that boss? And your friend's like, oh, actually, if you just go to this corner, like they get stuck and it's hard for them to hit you. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I'll try that. And yeah, it's, there's something that feels better about it because it's not like you went on IGN.com and got the perfect <laughs> right. walkthrough, but it is also like, this is just, a, it's just that with extra steps, you know, and I think uh, it's like an older time of gaming, sort of in some ways, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's weird because it doesn't feel like prey to me. It doesn't feel like oh, I went hacker, so I had a bad time. Right. I just totally. feel like totally. yeah, I'm just like I, it's just not clicking with me. But if I if someone told me to do this, 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 I might have had a more fun time, and I would have seen a cooler area and got a new weapon or something. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know, should we ratings? It's been a long episode. Yeah, let's do it. Um, you want to lead us off? Sure. Should we start with fun? I'm uh, zero out of three. <laughs> zero stars. <laughs> Not fun at all. Even the my favorite moments in the game had nothing to do with fun. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a fair score. <laughs> I think I'll give it a one for fun. I had a lot of fun this playthrough, but I'm not sure. Like the game is just so full of frustration for me in new challenging areas, and I would not sure I would describe that experience as fun, even though yeah. I do think it's good. I think it's a two out of three for me. I just love. I just I love it all. Just yeah. having fun, doing nothing. <laughs> um, just having fun in the world. I just having fun in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't totally love dying. Fair. I don't don't love getting sent back and having to do something over again. But those don't happen that often. So true. Just get me. good. Just get good. Okay, I'm tra- take take it back. One, one out of three. All right. <laughs> All right. Sen- All right you can do what's next? Hold on. Recommend or senses? Senses, I think. And I'm gonna go strong. Two out of three. 
I think it fucking rocks. I mean, we haven't touched the music at all. Maybe I'll weave it in through the episode. But Tio said, he had a question. He said, what do you think of the music and sound effects throughout the game? Some of the boss fight themes are obviously stunning, but even in normal areas. For example, Upper Cathedral Ward, the sound effects had me on edge the whole time, despite having played the game multiple times. Yeah, I think the sound immediately clicked for me. Um, Central Yarnum, first area, hearing loud footsteps directionally to your right, you're like, what the fuck is over there? You know, hearing something pounding on the giant wooden doors outside the bonfire, you know, before you fight your first ogre, who becomes just like a basic enemy. But at that point in the game, I'm like, I literally don't want to know what's behind there. Like, it's so fucking scary at that point. Um, I think, yeah, the, the people talking to you, the world, the baby crying, the screams of, you know, death and pain. And yeah, exactly. All that stuff is amazing. And then I was thinking about the music earlier today because I was listening to the soundtrack a little bit. And I think what I have to say about the music is that, like, I think the silence is the best part of the soundtrack because most of the game is silent. Like most of the game, you're just in a zone and it's scary or whatever. And then that makes that contrast just makes the music so good because when it comes in, it only comes if something very important is happening, like a boss fight or just an important like cinematic or something like that. And you know, none of the soundtrack I think is like particularly remarkable, right? It's not the type of soundtrack where you're like, that track was like killer because it's more like cinematic and creepy and moody and stuff. But I think in the game, in contrast to the silent loneliness of it, it's really, really spooky and good. Yeah, the when the the hunter's dream music changes and it's like the second one that that song is just amazing and i also i I agree with you everything you just said about the silence and all that um one thing i want to say is i think like these games uh really prep me for uh my wife who's a classical (laughs) singer like i don't think i would have liked especially choral. like i i feel like i had a very positive association with choral singing because yes. of playing all these games. And like yes. I went to one of her concerts, so I was like, oh, it's like uh it's like uh Dark Souls. <laughs> she was like, What? And I was like, yeah, never mind. Um You wouldn't get it. You wouldn't get it. Yeah, but the sense is like that's just one part of it. We we've already spoken a lot about the visual part. I mean, I think it's just a stunning game in in all of those ways. Yeah. So two two out of three for me. Th- thought yeah. about a three out of three, but I'll go two out of three. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, it's a three out of three for me. I just the only I agree with everything you guys said about the music and sound. The only thing I tack on is there's just some really iconic sound effects that, uh, like the sound of dying or the sound of reawakening, the si- the sound of loading your game and getting up in a hunter's lamp, and the messengers. I assume they're messengers like groaning as you do. It's just yeah. I just the associations there are just amazing, and the selection, the sound of a visceral attack. Oh, it's just it's yeah. The there's best, a lot but, that. The tangible, like, switching your weapon mid-combo from one-handed to two-handed to, like, land a bigger blow, like, the pa 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 clink, and then, like, <laughs> hitting a bigger hit, like, stuff like that. It, 
They just executed perfectly. And they gave blood a sound, right? There's like the sound of blood in this game. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah, some people say this like game has no diversity of scenery, like the other open world games, like it changes a lot. And I do think that's sort of true, but it doesn't really bother me for the storytelling they're doing. Um, and one of my favorite sounds is when you get insight, like at a boss fight or when you use it, it just goes like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the screen kind of like sparkles a little bit. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I think it's a three out of three for me. I just, I, I, I love it. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm I, you could definitely talk me into a three. Yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna yeah. change now, but yeah. It's no, that's fine. That's fine. Definitely, like by our Michelin star rating, I guess. What does a three mean? It means like everyone who's into games like needs to check this game out just for the visuals, even if you don't want to play it. Yeah, which is kind of how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, whatever. Let's move on. Uh, what about recommend, Teddy? Um, <laughs> I met this girl at a party. <laughs> oh, here we go. And she was saying that her and her boyfriend were having some, they were like maybe going to break up. And uh, a few minutes later in the conversation, she was asking me about video games. And I was like, oh yeah, do you play any games? She's like, well, I've played one video game. But I don't think I actually play video games. It's like, what video game do you play? Or ha she's like, well, I haven't played much of it, but it's called Bloodborne. <laughs> and I was like, what? She's like, yeah, my boyfriend uh, told me to play it. Um, so I'm like trying to play it right now, but it's like really hard. And I was just like, you need to break up with this guy. <laughs> like this person is either very confused or is mean. Like you this should not be the first video game you ever play. Like this person Absolutely is psychotic. Um, so I'm going to give that a, I'll give it a one. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. It's like, it's a two for like anyone who I think could handle this kind of game. And it's a zero for certain people. But so I think, uh, yeah, I got to split the difference. Go with the one. It, this, this is like an impossible one for me to answer. I mean, I have it as a zero, but, what recommend is supposed to mean, what one star recommend is supposed to mean is that people who like these kind of games, you would recommend it to them. But right. I've never played any of other of any of the other Soulsborne series. And and this is gonna sound really harsh, but I, I can't imagine someone liking this game. So I just can't <laughs> I can't give it a one because it's it's just so it has to be a zero for me. Oh, what just happened? Uh, there, there we go. Um, oh, that's so good. Sorry. Beautifully but, put uh, Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't just two hours of me being like, this is bad, this is bad, this no, is bad. No, 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 no. This is great, great, Epic. great debate, great discussion. <laughs> I mean, we yeah. are born of the blood. Yeah. Fear the, fear the old blood. Fear the old blood. <laughs> Let us cleanse these foul streets. Damn, we didn't even talk about the notebook. And like online messages and stuff. There's, there's, there's just there's we, could be, we could be here there's for three hours. Much. Yeah. Yeah. We um, didn't even, you mentioned insight for the sound. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot to mention how this fucking dumb stat insight that does nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, 
Uh, do, do you guys have anything else you want to add or can I give us a, a good closing note here? And give us a closing note. Well, close us out, Danny. Yeah, I had a, I had Chat GPT write us a haiku describing Bloodborne. Oh yes, okay. Uh, okay. That I thought was really beautiful, <laughs> and it's. I, I literally said, "Describe Bloodborne in a haiku." Uh, Bloodborne's depths, Hidetaka's twisted world, challenge accepted. Beautiful. That's it. That's it. Couldn't have better, couldn't have said it better myself. That's beautiful. beautiful. We don't need us. We need an AI. <laughs> we are we don't know what we're gonna play next so we'll think about it insert next game here <laughs> all right Th- thank you everybody thanks for your support thanks for hanging out with us thanks for playing yes sir any strong feelings about what next game should be let us know yes yeah let's do it Bye. keep playing for the next two game club episodes we will be playing Tunic from 2022, followed by the original StarCraft campaign. Happy gaming.